0: All right, Nick. Hey, awesome, man. I guess I should have gotten on recording my comments about you, how, how good you're looking. You're, you're...
1: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, and I'm sorry, where'd you say, are you at the near the beach? Is that what you said? Yeah. So near the beach, I'm at my folks place in Massachusetts. We're spending a couple of weeks out uh, visiting them while kind of working remotely. So that's nice to be able to take advantage. That's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, I appreciate
0: you taking a few minutes Um, to you know, kind of create a capstone for the work you've been, you know, engaged in for the past couple of months, uh, you know, a, a kind of a final reflection on what you've accomplished, um, and, you know, kind of pass it on in the form of a gift to somebody else who might need to hear it. And I'm really excited about speaking with you because, um, you know, you're somebody who is not the typical type of person who would be the first person to kind of raise their hand and say, Hey, you know what? I, am feeling a little stressed. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I need to kind of, you know, get a second perspective. I need to get some new tools. You know, I find that, you know, most men who are, you know, very skilled, very, you know, getting advanced in their career, like yourself are not usually, you know, the types of people who are first gonna like say, oh, I need to do something here. And, uh, I think for you, you kind of realized, wait, this is impeding my performance as well as my quality of life. But I I guess I should have you kind of put it in your words. If you can just kind of describe where you were kind of at it, you know, before we got started and what was life like for you kind of day to day and and where were the pain points?
1: Um, so for me, uh, before we started working together on the emotional mastery course, um, I had been, um, Working as a chief operating officer at a small growth stage company with an incredible mission but a very large scope, Um, and I wore a lot of that on my shoulders. Um, What we were taking on was felt very big, both in terms of the actual mission itself, but also a lot of the internal mechanics of the company and and um, both sort of interpersonal and um and structurally with the company so for me it felt like when the company succeeded i had a very easy time having those people on the back and being proud of them but when i saw anything at all wrong with the company that wasn't necessarily my responsibility per se it all felt like it flowed up to me and so i spent a lot of my days um feeling very stressed feeling um those feelings of of, of failure. And it was difficult for me to sort of appreciate um, the progress that I had made just because I kept seeing things that weren't done, things that were broken, um, you know, distance to be traveled. And that left me in a place of feeling, you know, burnt out, um, uh, very stressed, very, very stressed um, and, and anxious and rigid. And I use that term, um, almost like you think of a, like a pencil is rigid and, and in other words, susceptible to, to snapping. Um, and overall, I didn't really feel as much like myself. I'm a very lighthearted, easygoing, creative type of guy. And, and that wasn't the way I was experiencing myself. So yeah. And,
0: and I think what, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I kind of get the sense of when you say that rigid place, cause I think a lot of people can relate to that, particularly those who are really serious about their careers, a lot of men, especially. Um, but when you're in that rigid place, it's like, if something doesn't go now, according to the plan you had for the day or the afternoon, or how you could pre managed, how your time was going to be spent, it can kind of feel like that snap is about to take place. Right.
1: Exactly. And you know, I'm a, I love my to do list and I've got all these brand designs for the day and. It's nice as a tool to help organize some thoughts. But what I, what I, part of what I learned through the emotional mastery course is how I was in a lot of ways setting myself up, myself up for failure by basically saying, this is what success looks like. And if you don't achieve this, then you're necessarily, you know, a failure. but uh, So that was a huge learning and, and a difference to the tactical approach that I took to kind of how I organized my work as a result.
0: Right. Yeah and I think the one of the first big takeaways I would want somebody listening to get is and you might describe it slightly differently but you're kind of getting in this trajectory that's very common for people which is okay I'm dissatisfied with some of the results I don't have in my you know professional life so I need to work a little bit harder and then wouldn't you know it the more I kind of work harder somehow I'm getting more dissatisfied And it's, you know, but then the solution is work harder and harder, you know, and then people don't realize they're caught in that cycle where it's not a lack of putting in the hours. And in fact, it gets you in this mode where all of a sudden, no matter how many hours you're putting in, it's never enough. And it has nothing to do with the hours. It has to do with the psychology being brought to the hours, which you realized obviously. Um, so why don't you maybe, if you could jump, well, actually one other question before we talk about what changed and how you started to make changes, but what was the impact you saw for your quality of work? And then do you think that that was impacting kind of culturally, like your leadership, because obviously you're in a leadership capacity. Was that impacting your ability to influence other people or interact with them?
1: You mean before having started the course? Correct. Um, sure. Definitely. I would say as a leader in the company, I found myself Um, spreading way too thin because of the the kind of conceptions of perfect that I was creating around the company. And when I don't see it over there, it feels like I'm almost being neglectful not to go in and micromanage. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, nobody likes that and it's not effective. Um, And so that was one of the things that I was really noticing that from a performance perspective, my emotional you know and behavioral habits were not serving me to use the language of the um of the course and i would say another thing is beyond the way that i was interacting with others i was really um i was i was maybe stunting my own growth or or not bringing my best self or my full self um as a leader and you know Participant in strategy conversations and and company core setting decisions because of either I didn't want additional responsibility because I was afraid of it, or I didn't feel the kind of self-worth and confidence that you need to feel in order to make big, bold suggestions and actually stick by them, especially when you are in a work environment with really strong personalities at the top. Um, So those were two big uh, vectors of performance that I knew weren't going to work for me going forward. And I didn't at the time know how I was going to resolve it, which of course left me feeling very even more anxious and and helpless to a certain degree. Right, um, right. I, I, now, I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, you and I um, had crossed paths um, in the company in the past briefly. And so I was fortunate to have kind of reached out and and I hope that this little tidbit serves other people that are, um, you know, like me on, on paper in some ways that might not be your typical client in that I agree. I, I'm not the, I wouldn't have thought that I would be the type of person who would raise my hand and ask for this type of support. And in fact, it's not what I did, although I'm very glad that that's how it ended up. And so you and I kind of had a, a, a business coaching relationship beforehand and we would speak on occasion and you had invited me to consider this, this course. And I think that my kind of self image as a business guy and someone who can handle it on their own would have otherwise preempted or prevented me from reaching out with something along these lines. You know, I don't think of my, I didn't think of myself as someone that, um, you know, had say, um, you know, depression in a, in some sort of textbook definition or some of these other, um, uh, sort of conditions or self-descriptions. Although I did know that I was stressed, and I did know that I was anxious, I thought it was just a performance. Of, I'm not good enough at my job, and anyway. So, so I was very grateful for being brought in, maybe through the back door. And I hope that other people who are feeling a lot of, you know, work-related stress can see the value that there is to get in the course, even if it's not um, always deliberately talking about, you know, this is how you apply to your business. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think another thing too, that comes up for people similar to yourself is when they think of the idea of like coaching, they're like, dude, I don't have enough hours in the week to even for the meetings I've got, let them <laughs> all take on another meeting with you. But, yeah. And I, I think you saw, I think there was some some sort of a similar sentiment up on the front end and sure. I, I had to get you bought in with, look, this is an investment and you're going to, your relationship to your time is going to change because- if we change the emotional state you are in, in the majority of your hours, you'll realize it's not a shortage of time, it's a shortage of you that's showing up, you know, in the weeks and clearly experience that. Um, I think that one thing that, uh, I wanna help somebody be able to identify whether, you know, I get a question a lot of like, well, how do I know if I need help? How do I know if this is something that's gonna improve on its own or whatever? And I think that's kind of for everybody to, to decide on their own, but some, what I am usually, a advocate for is if you're noticing a pattern and the pattern is not showing signs of getting better on its own, then that's an indication a pattern needs to get addressed one way or the other. And if you don't feel you know how to do it or you don't have an effective strategy to make it happen, it means that typically you need new input. And I think there are some patterns that take place that people don't realize and they're happening beneath their nose. The one is what we kind of just described of like, oh, there's not enough time. Just go, 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 go. And the evaluation of I'm not getting enough done. And if somebody consistently feels that and ne- never feels that sense of wholeness, really, you know, for any lasting period, and instead is just trying to tick the boxes endlessly, that's usually a, a sign. Um, you know, or if the, the other one I would say too, is if you're feeling depleted by the end of the day, which is kind of what I remember you saying too, for you, if they by the time you're being with your spouse, if you're not saying, oh gosh, you know, this is what happened today. And I had this revelation and this creative thing. Like if it's not something where at the end of the day, you feel that there's good mixed in with, you know, what you need to vent about at a minimum, it's usually a sign too. And it sounded, if I remember correctly, that was definitely kind of your situation too, right? The energy was depleted. and
1: Yeah. And that for me led to kind of a. A desire for something like a sense of escapism, mm. um, where you know feeling not charged up and like I'm not in the in sort of the right place and then powerless to to make a change, um, left me feeling a lot like you know almost workers to be avoided, and it's an intrusion on my sacred life and there is no harmony or balance in that. So of course I felt stressed and, and, you know, um, transgressed upon in a certain way, right. Um, which, you know, in hindsight with the benefit of the knowledge that I have now, um, was of course, never the case in reality. And it was very much a matter of what I was kind of making things mean and how I was, um, showing up in my, in my role and, and for my team.
0: Right. Yeah. And we <laughs> be another tall tale sign too, is if you start to feel that you're resentful of the system that you're operating in, it's usually th- and co-creating, which is the worst part,
1: is that I really um, felt a lot of uh, internal uh, strain and and friction because I was both building this company in a very real sense, and and somehow you know, frankly, resenting it, and so that really kind of tore me apart. Um, and um, at least that's how it felt at the time. Right. So. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So, and
0: we have been working together on this for about three, four months, I think somewhere around there. So it's going to be essentially impossible to kind of condense that, you know, entirely, cause there's been a series of stacking iterations of changing strategy and getting little approaches and all sorts of tools and things. But if we can, maybe, I would love to see if there's a way for you to maybe zero in on maybe the, the top three major perspective shifts or some new way in which you started to do things so that somebody kind of viewing this, even if, you know, ideally, obviously they decide to move to the next step, but even just so they have something to kind of, uh, take home and, and start to use, or they're able to go, oh, wow, that would be possible. Like, what well, what would you say were kind of like the maybe two or three, like major light bulbs for you that you've used to kind of change how you do things?
1: Sure. Good question. So what comes to mind immediately is um, there is an exercise that is to a certain degree woven throughout the course, but for me there was a big light bulb light bulb moment about halfway through, which really accelerated things for me um, and, and made a huge difference of kind of defining a new identity for oneself. And for me, um, you know, that new identity was named Stand Up Nick, and it was the most kind of um, empowering. Uh, version of myself and what we worked on was activating that and and rejecting the old nick which is you know lives in anxiety and i can't and it's too much and and i don't know and so on and so on um it took i would say it wasn't oh just hearing that concept then allowed me to grasp it fully i needed to do the homework and to lift the weight so to speak Um, And then at a certain point about halfway through the course, I was like, oh my God, I can, I can snap my fingers and become the sort of best person that I want to be and really live from that perspective. And, you know, that, that, you know, the old version of myself is going to still play tug of war a little bit. And I have to continue lifting those weights and get better at that over time. And, and, you know, that'll be something that I, I get to do, you know, across my life, but, but that was a huge um, shift for me of just being able to empower myself immediately. And, you know, for me, that was like simplifying things, um, you know, finding joy in, in presence in the, this moment and just like loving, excuse me, loving whatever comes my way. So that was a big, um, that was a big, big tool for me. That really was a phase shift. Um, and another thing was in defining investigating my sort of my core values and how I'm fulfilling by my fundamental human needs and realizing that through the uh, exercises of the course that not only are they conflicting within one another is that you know I want adventure but I want certainty or I want this and I want that and not that they can't coexist but the way that I needed to fulfill one actually killed the other and vice versa um so rethinking of realizing those conflicts, realizing that I was basically systematically setting myself up for frustration and stress and anxiety. That was a huge light bulb moment. And then going the next step to from this position of stand-up Nick and from who, you know, I I um feel is my, my best self, so to speak, redefining what those um core uh, values are for me and creating really simple everyday um, rules that help me feel and fulfill those things so that at the end of the day, you know, my, my work day could have been firefighting and all this stuff, but I got to type on my keyboard and like, isn't that a miracle? And I can actually enjoy that with mindfulness and, and presence um, in a way that normally I'm just like, you know, annoyed in the past. So um, that was, that was a huge thing as well. It was a big toolkit that I keep um with me beside my desk at all times, just to right. help help me stay in that. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's so many awesome things, Bowie, you just shared that are, I think are worth, uh, you know, taking a look at the one thing is what a lot of people don't realize is, uh, you know, I gave you the metaphor of like, would you use, um, you know, a window at a windows XP computer from 20 years ago to do your work today. And everyone would say, no, absolutely, of course not. Right. And so, you know, then I, I, I shared with you, okay, well, that's kind of like how most people live their life is they've got the old programming that they've had for 20 years, that's still driving their decisions. And no one will, most people will never ever figure out what is actually the code of that programming, nor will they ever decide what is the operating system I actually need to choose in order to get me where I want to be. And that's what you're talking about with the values thing. You felt that tug with this versus that. And, you know, people don't realize that their old programming is creating glitches. And the way in which that system is set up for so many people, instead of this mode of like, it's it's a scarcity of how much time I'm spending to produce what I need to produce, what I help to see, I hope, and what I want other people to get is that it's more that, the way in which you've written the rules of the game is destining you to never really feel that you're winning if that old programming is what stays. And I think you realize that. You got to like see that and go, holy shit, if I keep this programming, what is that going to cost me emotionally? I'm going to get sober now. I'm going to get so stressed. This I'm never going to feel good. No, you know, it's all the same basic stuff every human experiences in different iterations. And you started, you were able to now go, wait, I can set this up how I want. I can feel, I can be the leader of how I feel. I can be the leader of how I decide. I can set this system up how I want to, and I can make sure that there's order to it. And I don't have to feel confused or a lack of clarity or burnout. I can align it where I need it to go. And that was a really, really cool process, obviously. And and that's really sweet. There's also a self esteem that comes with that too, right? Where you're like, I am living how I want to live. I'm on my own terms now as opposed to feeling because otherwise we make up a story of oh gosh i want to live this way but i can't because it's this system or my boss or you know right
1: and and imagine how sort of silly i felt in that old pattern when in my work i was you know by all means you know in a position of power to make those changes and yet still felt like i couldn't do this and i was subject to that and so on and and i i think that's a great um that that would easily be a third um, sort of key thing to mention, which is the the phase shift in your mind from you know these are things that I'm kind of boxed in by and subject to to here's how I can literally you know take the reins of my own life and um, and it's just so empowering. It opens up possibilities for action that. You might not have thought of before, or you might have thought, "Yeah, but I can't do that because X, Y, and Z." Right. Um, and that's and that is, in many ways, the keys to that first point that I talked about for me, anyway, which is being able to snap into, you know, my my sort of best self, um, my my um, kind of best identity. Is it's like, oh, in this identity, I can take action at all times, and even if someone's yelling at me and trying to make me feel bad, I can um, understand that in a way. And appreciate it in a way that is empowering to me as opposed to just like i'm a bad person and this is stressful and you know in a sort of a crumpling way
0: i know we we had i think a few calls where you were kind of getting this into your nervous system where there's such and and the my clients who i do this with experience this dichotomy where in the wrong state, it is impossible to see what is right under your nose you know like If you're in the disempowered state, and we all have that side, we all have that one pattern. When we're in that state, people could be feeding you strategy and yeah, but you don't get it. You don't understand, you know, and it just, uh, nothing sticks to you and nothing seems, uh, possible, right? There's no decision-making. We all have that state that is just, as I language it, unresourceful. There's like. There's nothing resourceful about it. And then we had, you know, a couple of calls from, I showed you the triggers and you got it and to your credit, you really took it hold, uh, took a, took a hold of it and started to implement it. And now it's, you know, your new center of gravity so much more often. And in that state, it's like, oh, wait, I thought that was impossible. Oh, that's possible. I just gotta do this one thing. I just gotta make this happen. It's like, it immediately provides clarity. And I think there's so many people who are trying to adjust their behaviors, but they're still in a lousy state. And they don't realize that's the thing that's getting in the way. It's the state that's got to get changed first. So you really embody that. Um, So what is the life like for you now? You know, day to day, how do you make decisions? How do you feel? What's How does that compare to a few months ago?
1: Sure. So um, I guess one of the biggest differences in how my life is now is that I am constantly feeling... um, fulfilled for, for lack of a better term. Um, and what I mean by that is that even if the content of my day hasn't changed a lot, the way in which I relate to it is, um, charges me up more and I'm just much more often noticing and appreciating, um, things throughout my, my day. So even holding all of the kind of content and, you know, wake up, brush teeth, do work, go to sleep type of, of rhythm of the day. Um, I'm able to, just appreciate a lot more. and so I would say that um, and this might sound sort of silly in its broadness, but my quality of life is just much higher, um, which is which is obviously super important. Um, I would say also, um, as a result of this course, I have had clarity on a few really important uh, decisions in my life and um, as they relate to my career, and I've been able to make moves with confidence that I didn't Uh, consider before Um, and you know it's not that the work becomes easy or decisions become um, you know immediately uh, sort of just you know fall out of the sky and into your lap but the process of doing those things the confidence and the um, the 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 self-guidedness that goes into those things um, was a lot more natural Um, I feel that I am a, a better leader, um, coach and mentor to my direct reports, um, you know, better able to really sort of act in the best interest of the team and and myself. And frankly, another huge thing is, you know, I work hard during the day and then at night, you know, letting, leaving it on the field, so to speak, where as in the past, I had often just this kind of from anxiety of, you know, if I'm not checking my email or if I'm not working certain number of hours, or if I'm not, you know, super responsive on the weekend, then I'm a bad person. Um, and that sort of lingering anxiety is, is not there anymore, which is very very breathing.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. I think, you know, so many people are living in a way of interacting with their life in which it's never enough. It's never enough. They wake up and they think I know, I didn't get enough sleep. They go to bed and think I didn't get enough done. They, you know, they think it's just never enough. Like everything in their life is measured in terms of what's missing. And um, it sounds like one of the fundamental shifts for you is you're now seeing what's there, you know? And it's amazing as soon as that shift occurs, how much there is there that you weren't seeing. It's really awesome. Um, Two final questions I have for you. The first one is, um, if you were going to sum it up, in the old way, life was about what? Like what was the like dominant focus or the dominant drive of life? And then I'm curious now, what is the dominant drive of life? Like life is about what now?
1: Sure. So I'll borrow some of the wording that you just used, which is that a life before was about what was missing and life now is about what is present. yeah, that's as close to poetry as I'm capable
0: of. <laughs> well, you did teach me some Latin, I think, over the time work Yes,
1: amor fati, which is a huge sort of central philosophy and thing that came through in, in the coursework for me. Right. Why don't you share that with with the audience, I'm curious Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So amor fati simply means um, love of fate, and what it means, you know, more more deeply is that, you know, there are things that you can control in life and things that you cannot. And, you know, whatever shows up to you uninvited, you have a choice. You can be pissed off about it, or you can just go, wow, this is like a part of my life and that's awesome. Um, and even if it's a sad thing or a bad thing, you can you can treat it like a curse or you can just, you know, be in awe of, of life and let that be part of your story. And from time to time, look back and appreciate all those highs and lows for what they were, Um, but in real time, just go, okay, this is cool. This is like, this is how my life is going. Um, And it without having, you know, all that built-in negative judgment that is often there by default. Um, And then when you're
0: you're reading a lot of stoicism too, right? And so it's really that idea of like, whatever comes to you serves you as you choose to make it so, right?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you know, if you were speaking to, you know, uh, a young man or woman, who's, you know, really in the like day to day grind, right? That's really kind of what you were experiencing, just that real grind mode. And life is about, oh gosh, missing, what am I not doing? What would you kind of give as, uh, you know, some words of advice uh, to that individual if you think of yourself from a few months ago? of stuck in that hypnosis and such what would what would be the the central message you'd want them to get
1: sure well geez i guess i would want to recommend the course for sure i mean literally um there's there's so much in there that you know any one pearl of wisdom couldn't possibly do justice to um to the emotional mastery course um beyond that i would simply i would simply advise them to invest in themselves um, there's literally no better use of time or money into making sure that you're better than you were yesterday. Um, and the excitement that comes with knowing that tomorrow you're going to be better than you are today. Um, you know, it just opens your world. It opens opportunities. It, um, it It just means that if you solemnly swear to be better today than you were yesterday, then Just life is only going to improve and that's like a really cool and empowering thing and it's not easy but it's something that you can do whether it's with a course like this or through any other you know there's there's a million different one uh, ways that you can um work on yourself but um this this worked well for me
0: yeah i think that's beautiful and the one thing i want to make sure the audience gets too is you know it's all well and good to see somebody at this stage in the journey and i think for a lot of people they're at point a they see someone at point Z. And they go, no way in hell is that going to, you know, be possible and so forth. And the thing that was awesome about you is you literally raised the standard of what you expected from yourself through this process. So that was a really beautiful thing to see is you were leading other people, but you really took it upon yourself to lead yourself to a new paradigm. And I just really want to, first of all, just honor you sincerely for that, because it's, it's, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of consistency. It takes yes, a sense of discipline, but honestly, I think it takes a sense of honesty about what you're willing to tolerate and not. And, uh, very few people will do that. And, you know, you obviously separated yourself as one of those people and, you know, no smoke up your ass. You really deserve the credit for that. And I think I want people to get that. That's really what it's about. It starts with a decision of I'm no longer settling for how it is. I may not know exactly how to get where I got to go and I might need guidance or whatever I got to do, but it, the only way forward has to be forward, and you really made that happen.
1: And, and I would say to anybody who is considering the course or who is just getting started, um, indeed, like you got to do the work. And I know that that is enough to scare some people off, and they might feel like I don't have the time or I don't have this or that. This is really the essence of what I mean by self investment: is that you know you're literally putting some part of you into this bank now, knowing that it will grow in the future. And if you don't make those deposits, you just have no reason to expect um, that there'll be some pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Um, and so indeed, for me, it was about, you know, every day uh, for, you know um the first hour or however you know, much it took to get through a particular module going through it. and um, and there's a lot of good stuff in there, and it takes time. Um, but, to to do it consistently and to do it with the intention of getting the value out of it. Because there's there's a way you'll see when you do the course that there's a way to do it where you just tick the boxes. I answer Ty's questions, submit. I answer Ty's I watch the video, submit. Um and and that is not gonna do it either. So when you're going through it with the intention and the expectation that I'm a better, you know, stronger, more confident, more fulfilled person on the other side. You gotta feel the weight tearing your muscle tissue, otherwise you can't expect to get stronger as a result. That's
0: right. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you're a beautiful soul, Nick. You know, noble. (laughs) You're uh, you're a great guy, and the impact this is gonna have for the teams that you go on to lead. And I'm I'm just really enthused. And at, at this stage in somebody's path, I'm always just imagining like where things are gonna take them now, and how you know how many more moments of joy will be experienced. You know, because of that would have otherwise maybe been lost, you know, and, and it's a really exciting thing. So I really appreciate you sharing, you know, and being open and, and using your story as a gift for other people and, and passing it on. It's a really beautiful thing. Um I have one more thing I want to talk with you about all that after I end the recording, if you got sixty seconds, but yeah, sure. Um, you know, just for today, I, again, thank you so much for sharing everything. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And and Ty, as I've said to you privately in the past, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for the coaching support dedication, um frankly, skill and and um, knowledge that you've been able to bring to the table for me and and certainly couldn't be here without you. and so it's my pleasure to however I can, help you in your mission to to have this type of impact on more people. Thank you so much. All right, certainly. <laughs>